Good afternoon, short-term shoppers. You are now in the short-term show special episode series on the Western North Carolina mountains. So this is everywhere from Asheville all the way down to Bryson City, basically that entire southwestern corner of the state. We're going to be doing a deep dive, 10 episodes worth of content on investing in this part of North Carolina. Now, we do have some supplemental materials for you over on our website, things like purchase prices of investment properties in this market, as well as the AirDNA income data. Thank you, friends over at AirDNA. So if you guys want to know uh, what all of these properties cost, you know, the different purchase prices, you can see that on the shorttermshop.com, as well as the income data. You can find that there too. If you guys want to buy an investment property in Western North Carolina with a short-term shop agent, email us at agents at the shorttermshop.com and we will get you hooked up. Or if you just have more questions, you want to come hang out with us some more. We've got a great Facebook group with a wonderful community of investors over at short-term rental, long-term wealth, same title as my book. And if you guys want to chat with us live anytime, we've got a call every Thursday and you can join that at strquestions.com. We look forward to seeing you over there. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the Short Term Show special episode series on the Western North Carolina mountains, the Smoky Mountains in North Carolina. We call them the North Carolina side a lot of times over here on the Tennessee side. So uh, pardon the jargon. Anyway, uh, we're talking about everywhere from Asheville down to Bryson City. And today we're going to talk about what to buy. So what type of house are there condos? What style? You know, all that fun stuff, because there's a lot of different things you can buy. And I've got a great panel here to help me do that. Julie McCoy, the infamous. Would you like to introduce yourself really quick? Hey, everybody. I'm Julie McCoy. I've been uh, going to the North Carolina Smokies since I was a kid. And uh, I'm an agent on the short-term shop team and glad to be here. Thanks. All right. Jay. Hey, I am Jay Lawrence. I am the short-term shops agent out here in Western North Carolina or the Carolina Smokies, however you want to look at it. Um, I am here to help you in boots on the ground when you want to invest out this way. All right. And Brad Burcham, introduce yourself really quick. Hey, Avery, uh, Brad Burcham. I'm a financial advisor in Tennessee and I... Oh, and I think we talked about last time I own in 50% of your markets. So uh, there, I'm kind of all over the place with uh, short-term shop. And I own, um, in this market, I own in Murphy, North Carolina, which is at the, the most southern point of the North Carolina Smokies. All right. Yeah. 50% of our markets. That's like seven, seven markets. That's pretty awesome. I think so. Yep. Yeah. All right. So you've got a pretty good basis for comparison for all of the, the different places that we might talk about. So today we're talking about what to buy. So there's a lot of different styles out there, a lot of different, I mean, there's cabins that are in developments like resorts. There are cabins out on the side of the mountain that are off in the woods. So let's start with that. Do we, is it the best idea return on investment wise to buy in a cabin development or buy something that's a little more remote, like off in the woods? I, I think it's really 50-50 on that. Um you know, there are some cabin developments, especially in Maggie, that do absolutely phenomenal. And then the ones that are on the side of the mountain, those attract just a different kind of guest. Like they want to be in the woods and, you know, have the view and stuff. So it's really 50-50 on the cabins. Um, so in Murphy, it is definitely the 
single cabin on its own um, or very small development. You know, the, the largest developments in Murphy are 10 to 15 cabins. So um, I I own and one that has a cluster of four cabins together that are on like 10 acres. So, But it feels like it's on its own. What do you think, Julie? Oh, I think, I mean, there's also an in-between too. It's like there's resort style where the you know cabins are pretty dense, but you can also have a neighborhood where things are more spread apart and on larger lots. So it's not, it's not off by itself, but, um, but you still got a sense of privacy and, and space out there. So I think there's, yeah, I think there's a lot of options here. And, and I think, you know, we should also talk about like, okay, cabins are what you associate with the mountains, but, um, you know, is that the only thing that works out here? It's what my family has, but it's not the only thing you know cabins you know they are great they are the mountain immersion and experience up here but you know i don't i find that you know it typically doesn't uh, matter as long as the house is nice and uh, you know you can theme it up to be mountain and that kind of gives you the same kind of feeling when you're up here so so does it need to be a cabin or can it be like a chalet style or or something else? Because in some mountain markets, it needs to be a cabin and in some it doesn't. So which one is is the case here? It doesn't. Um, they, the cabins are desirable for sure. You know, people do like them. But I mean, I have past clients that have bought non-cabins and they're you're doing it extremely well. So it's because nothing is cookie cutter up here in the availability. It's just it location is really the key up here. Okay. I would say in, in Murphy, it's it's probably mostly cabin. There are some cool farmhouse, you know, older farmhouses that have been mm-hmm. renovated and updated that have, you know, creeks and barns and lots of land and that that kind of thing. But otherwise I, there's there aren't any, to my knowledge, there are no condo developments or anything like that in Murphy. It's mostly single cabins and farmhouses. There, there's not a lot of condos across the board. I only know of like two yeah. or three condo plexes like across Western North Carolina. So yeah, that's right. Okay, cool. So does not have to be a cabin. That That's pretty interesting for, for a mountain market. And I like that because it kind of, it opens up the the gamut for everybody. So I think that's pretty cool because on the Tennessee side, you pretty much have to go cabin or chalet. You have to make it cabiny if it's not. So, all right, let's talk about areas. So I know some areas are going to be more expensive than others. We've kind of hit on this on some other episodes. So there is going to be some overlap on these, but uh, so let's talk about luxury versus maybe something that might be for a newer investor who like me, when I first started was like scraping together my pennies, where would each type of investor want to gravitate in terms of location? Um, well, let's just use Maggie Valley, for example. And that's actually kind of a mix. I mean, you've got, you know, the strip of Maggie for your new investors. And then you also have Eagle's Nest, which is like a huge, you know, prestige community for rentals. Um, and then, you know, you're going to typically around Asheville, you know, you'll you'll pay a little higher out there, too. That's um because that's kind of the big city where all the business happens and stuff. But uh, it, it's really, like I said, it's kind of a mix, like where you go. Um, if you jog out to Whittier, Bryson City, you know, there's definitely stuff for everybody out there as well. So I would say in, in Murphy, it, it is definitely the the lower purchase price, um, smaller cabin that is attractive there. I, I've noticed a few, you know, 500,000 plus cabins up on top of a a, a vista that has a massive view, but as a general rule of thumb, it's you know two fifty to four hundred is what's 
happening in Murphy. Oh, that's great. We don't see that sort of price point in a lot of our markets. And so that's that's really exciting. Yeah, yeah that's right. Are those tend to be like one to two bedrooms or what's... Yeah, my, mine's a, a two bedroom. So mo- most I would say are one to three, but you very rarely see anything above three. But uh, I would say the average standard is a two bedroom. Very good. And, you know, and around here too, I mean, like the average purchase price for a three is around 350, 380. So yeah, about the same. Yeah. What about Maggie Valley? Julie, your parents in Maggie Valley is pretty luxury, right? Yeah. We're in a community um, up, you know, up above the, uh, well, close to the Catalucci ski area. And there are some, you know, it's interesting you drive up that mountain and there really is the mix that Jay's talking about as you're on your way up. There's some super nice cabins or houses. And then there's, you know, plenty that are more middle ground, a few, uh, a few that are not particularly nice. And so you, you really get the view, uh, you know, you run the gamut on the way up that mountain. It's about a three mile drive to get to my my parents' cabin. And once you get to the top, like, yeah, our, our neighbors and ours is, is pretty high end. And, um, but yeah, even then it depends on when it was built. There's a, they are all in the particular area where we are, it's mostly cabins. There's a few like, you know, more farmhousey, I guess, style, but, uh, we did a true log, um, you know, like, round logs that actually got imported from out west which i don't recommend they don't like the climate on the east coast but um, we did a true log in the western style it's more like akin to what you would see in colorado or utah um but a lot of the cabins you know that are around us are the appalachian style so it's more of a square log with chinking um and that's that's a little more traditional they're still super nice and um, you know and good looking, and that's that's what we've seen. Yeah, that that's kind of what I call ten thirty one mountain. You start at the bottom, and then you ten thirty one your way to the top of the mountain. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there there's a little cabin development right at the foot of the mountain, and uh, by the ghost town parking lot and Tony's Tube World and all of that. There's a little one there, and just work your way to the top. Yeah, absolutely. a nice view from the top. I got to tell you. It really is. It's a great view. I've actually been up to her parents' cabin and they have an amazing view. It sounds pretty awesome. I'm going to have to go, yeah, go up there gonna, and borrow Julie's parents' cabin. <laughs> you're going to have to do that sometime. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we've talked about a little bit about areas. Any Before we move on from areas altogether, anybody have any personal favorites? So Brad, we you like Murphy because it's affordable. The rentals are consistent. Um, anybody else have any personal favorites? I've, I really like Maggie Valley. I think it's beautiful, but I do think it's, it's definitely on the higher end of pricing if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but anybody else have any like, oh, I always like to check this town when I get a new investor because it's, it's got cool stuff. Um, for me, Bryson city, just because on the tourism data, uh, Swain County seems to pop up in the top three, like consistently. So Swain County is where Bryson city is and part of Whittier and, um, just that whole little area there. It's it's just very popular. So there's lots of tourism going there. So things to end up in the price points aren't like super high. So um, it's just a great little area right there. And Maggie Valley also uh, love Maggie Valley. It's just small. It's easy. You know, there's one strip that runs through the whole place into Cherokee. So accessibility is easy, but uh, you know, they're all great though. 
<laughs> a little off topic is the ghost town in the sky still for sale generally it's perpetually for sale it's been <laughs> want to buy it avery yeah it's, and they've uh, talked about reopening it too like several times but it's you know yeah i wouldn't trust the lift system at this point it's so old it's yeah it's one of those that's it's such a cool idea but it's it's changed hands a number of times and no one can ever seem to get it off the ground unfortunately I went there as a kid uh, when we lived in Atlanta. We took a little weekend trip up there and I still have the picture. My parents still have the picture. They have a man, like a cameraman in a little hut when you're halfway up the the ski lift and he takes a picture of you on the ski lift. And then it's like your little tourist picture of you hanging out up in the sky on the ski lift. Um, and I had a good time from what I remember. I was probably about five. So this was a long, long time ago, like 29 years ago. Um but it was it was fun. I had a great time. And there was like a um, saloon show thing and a fake gunfight. And it was fun. I'm surprised nobody's able to make that work because that, that would be really fun for kids. Other than I would be a nervous wreck taking a five-year-old up the ski lift, but people do it. <laughs> the ski lift's not for you. They also have the trolley car that oh. will run up this like 45 degree angle to get oh. up there. So there is a ground-based mechanism <laughs> to get up the mountain. <clears throat> I remember there was a roller coaster, like swoop out over over the side of the mountain. So get a view. And yeah. So experience. if you're listening, this opportunity is probably available and we are happy to represent you to buy it. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, come, come in here and do something with it. Cause it's been there for, you know, I went once when I was a kid and, and I, I completely agree with you, Avery. I went to Anakista with my daughter when she was really little and I'm like on this lift, like, okay, don't lean too much forward. There's only a bar here. So <laughs> But it would be cool yeah. to turn that into something like maybe a little more anarchistish than yeah. than amuse like straight amusement park. I don't know. I don't um, know. We're getting off topic, but Ghost Town has so much. so much potential. I wish. If you jog down the road, there's also Santa's Land too. So there was already a theme park here, and they kind of like they were so close to each other. I think one beat the other out. Yeah, Santa's Land is still there, right? It's still yeah. Operating. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And there's the the zoo in Maggie Valley, the Soko mm-hmm. Zoo. I didn't know there was a zoo. Oh yeah. It's not an especially oh. big zoo, but there is the Soko Zoo is best ones in Knoxville. But yeah. Well. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I well, mean, good to know. See, uh, this is helping. I think this is helpful to people, even though we're off topic, because you're hearing about all the little things there are to do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Santa's Land's a petting zoo too. And uh, yeah, it's like I, I personally, obviously, am partial to Maggie Valley because that's where I've been going since I was twelve. But, um, which God, that was that's thirty years now. Wow. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Don't think about the years. <laughs> um. Anyway, but I also want to give an honorable mention to Brevard and the surrounding area in Brevard. Um, Pennsylvania County. Yep. Transylvania County. It's it's really pretty there. We've got a super cute downtown. Um, and uh, I mean, I think, you know, a lot of a lot of summer residents there. But I lived there very briefly right out of high school. And uh, it's it's a neat place. And and uh I think is worth taking a look at and you're only what 30, 45 minutes outside of Asheville there. Yeah. And it attaches right to the Blue Ridge Parkway too. So mm-hmm. um, I, if you, uh, if you're looking in this area with me, I always add Brevard on there for you as well. Cause I do agree with Julie. It is a great place. It's a very, you know, it's its own little thing and you know, you're not far from the Blue Ridge, which is highly desirable for cruising. 
Yes. <clears throat> awesome. Okay. So done areas, let's talk about size. So is there a specific size that does any better than other sizes? I mean, I, mean, I know this is a loaded question because typically smaller properties have higher occupancy rates, but larger properties tend to have a higher return on investment. So let's talk about that really quick. What are we seeing in this market? Yes. <laughs> um, you know, honestly, it, it up here really on size, it really depends on location, like I said earlier. So, you know, we're not, it's really, it is a loaded question. It's hard to say really, because nothing's cookie cutter. Everything's, you know, location-based up here really. But, um, you know, I, I'd say the bigger three bedrooms tend to do better because of the fact that, you know, this is a, a family place for uh, tourism, you know, not a lot of, you know, single, um, people coming in to stay. I mean, there definitely are, but it's more family-based. So the bigger, a little bit bigger, do better. Um, Brad, you have a two bedroom and you said it does pretty well in Murphy. So what kind of clients do you see coming in there? Uh, it's about the same. It, it is definitely not a, a large cabin market. In my opinion, there's, there's just not enough, uh, attractions and, you know, like in Pigeon Forge and Gatlinburg, you, you can literally have a one bedroom or a 25 bedroom and it, it, there's a market for anywhere in between. And that's, right. I would say that's not the case in Murphy. I would say Murphy is a one to four to five bedroom max and preferably two or three mine's two so it seems i have a, a set of bunk beds and a king bed set up for family with a little gaming unit so that that's the majority of it's either uh couples that come or want single families well and jay would you say that you know if you have a bigger cabin it's more important to be closer to town or further away from town is there any sort of correlation there like or if you're smaller, you should be closer or further. Um, not so much on that. I do have a general golden rule, 20 minutes. Like you don't want to be more than 20 minutes away um, to the attractions, at least in Maggie Valley, you know, as long like, you know, you could, you could have a cabin up Jay Creek and be fine. Cause you're so close to Maggie Valley and you're so close to I-40. So um, there's the size really, you know, the size of the family doesn't matter on that. I think it takes 20 minutes to get up my mountain. <laughs> You just got at least 10. Just build a helicopter pad down at Ghost Town and just ferry, <laughs> ferry people up to Catalucci. Well, that would work. Okay. So we've gone over a lot of single families. So in some markets, there are like a few, like a row of a few townhomes here and there. Or is there anything like that? Or is this really just strictly single family houses and cabins? Yeah, for the most part, it's single family housing and cabins. There are some spots where there are rows of community houses but they're they're not to like your typical like townhouse neighborhood where they're just stacked on top of each other and like right next to each other they will be right next to each other but the average size of lots here is about an acre or so so i mean you'll see them but they're just spread out um, there are a couple condo plexes i know there's a couple in like junaluska and i think there's one in maggie but that's about it like everything's just scattered same in murphy it, it's all single family cabins and houses. All right, cool. So are these mostly what I call grandma cabins? So what I mean by that is like, are they most of the things that hit the market? Are they coming fully furnished? Is it kind of grandma still, or are people starting to update decor to be more modern? How much um, of that are we seeing? There's not a whole lot of granny cabins out there. And, and, and one of the popular things right now is to make it look like a log cabin. A lot of these places will get faux, faux logs, 
siding put on the side. So it looks like a cabin. So inside it's modern, you know, rustic and uh, on the outside it's, it's cabin looking. So there's definitely been some granny cabins that I've seen that are, you know, that still have the Franklin stoves and stuff in them. And, um, you know, but I see a lot of people do have been updating stuff like that. So you really just don't see a whole lot of the, the granny cabins by themselves. And, um, you do see, you know, often enough, you'll find stuff fully furnished. Um, uh, especially if it was, you know, somebody selling off their STR, they usually will sell that with it. In Murphy, it's, uh, it, I would say it's a 50, 50 mix of new construction and older. And by older, I mean, you know, less than 20 years. There's very little that was built unless it's one of those farmhouses that's been renovated. Um, most of the, what I would call traditional, more traditional cabins have been built in the last 15 years in Murphy. And, um, I'm, I'm almost always new construction cause I'm the least handy person on the planet. So I, uh, I, I think that's been tested probably, but I'm definitely the least handy person out there. So I, I tend to lean towards new construction. So, um, there's plenty of that, but still the purchase price on new construction is, is reasonable. And one difference here, that's not that way in the Smokies and Pigeon Forge is that it does not come furnished, which usually even new construction in the Smokies comes furnished. So I had to furnish it and put the decor in and such. Yeah. I guess that's the the price you pay for it being more reasonable. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, two two eighty five purchase price. I think I can I can yeah. it probably can't can't well, beat that with the stick. Happily, your wife is very good at that. Uh, yes, yeah, she they, they. I think she can figure it out probably. <laughs> 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 okay, so we've established some areas. We've established that most everything single family kind of doesn't matter what style. Uh, not a lot of grandma cabins. People are starting to kind of update things, and and you're not having to do you know full refurnishing of properties necessarily, maybe just a little bit of a refresh. So let's talk about views. So do I have to have a long range mountain view to do well? Do wooded views do okay? Also, what's the story there? Yeah, uh, they, okay. So up here, I like to say we have three types of views. So, you know, you have your, your up in the air, long view, you know, where you can see the mountains and stuff. And we also, you know, cause we have a valley, Maggie Valley, you know, if you have that openness where you can look up at the mountains, that's the low view. And then uh, you do have the, the out in the woods view where you don't necessarily have a view of the mountains, but you got a very nice nature scape and stuff there. So those are kind of the, th- those all do well. Uh, so having a big long view up in the air doesn't necessarily, uh, you know, it's not going to kill you if you get one with a low view or a nature view. It just depends on the guest that's looking at it. Murphy is similar. It's um, my, minor. I think you, you go for privacy, minor in, on the privacy side of things. So um, I guess that's called a nature view, as Jay said. But um, I would say the majority of them are the nature privacy. Um, there's a few that have made it up to the top of the mountains. But because there hasn't been as much development in Murphy, they just have the money to go all the way up to the top of the mountain yet because there's plenty of land down on the on the lower elevations. So um, there's two new de- newer developments that have started going up the the mountains that have views, but um, the vast majority are the the nature slash uh, looking at a pasture view. Yeah, I would say the uh, the downside of having that high view, like Jay's talking about, is you got to get up there to see it, and yeah, there are plenty of people who are not comfortable doing that. So, uh, so yeah, it's a little bit of a trade off. Yeah, and and that's one thing that doesn't work up here is uh, you know. 
if you have a road that's completely craptacular, you know, you're, it's bad. It's not necessarily meaning that you're going to do bad. Uh, if you have a, but you'll, you'll definitely want to put in your listing that you need four wheel drive to get up there. But I'm going to tell you right now, a lot of our tourism's from Florida and people in Florida don't have four wheel drives because they don't need it. So or all weather tires or anything. Or, like yeah. That. Yeah. Summer so, tires all year round. And what I can make up in a four cylinder, you know, your average person's not going to be able to do because I know how to drive in the mountains. So, <laughs> you know, that, that can be tricky. Uh, and that's what the big, like Julia was saying, that's one of the drawbacks to the, the long views. If you want the view, you got to go up the mountain. So what other amenities are good to have that you might I'm trying to think of if there's anything that would be something you couldn't add later, but I guess really views are the only things that you can't add later unless you cut trees. What other amenities are good to have in this market? What works well? Anything doesn't work well? Hot tubs, especially if you have a long view and a hot tub on the deck. Uh, those are great. Um, you know, it, it doesn't matter what kind of view though. A hot tub does go really well up here just because when it does get chilly, you know, getting in there and getting warm. Um, I think the gaming rooms have started to catch on a lot too. So that does work. It's starting to work. I'm starting to see a lot more of those in cabins up here. Um, but I can't think of any other specific ones. And uh, I'll let somebody else go. Julie, do you know anything? Well, I was just thinking um, something that not every cabin might have, or it might even need, depending on your elevation, is uh, air conditioning. We do not have central air. We don't have an air conditioning unit at all in our cabin in Maggie Valley. Now, our elevation on the mountain is about a mile high. We're about 5,200 feet up there. And there's maybe just a couple of weeks where we ever even want it because the temperature stays so mild. There's heat, obviously, but there's not um, there's not a central air unit. So um, that seems like an obvious thing that every property should have, or at least to my mind. But uh if you run into something in the mountains that doesn't have air, don't freak out. That might be by design and you may not really need it. Um, you know, and honestly, I think she's right. It doesn't usually get above 85 here uh, in the summertime. I mean, last year was an exception. It was unusually hot, but you know, what I find is, is just throw a mini split in there. It's, it's adequate for up here and it's significantly cheaper than whole HVAC system. So, you know, and it takes care of your heating and cooling and then it's adequate in the mountains. Yeah. Especially or when just, you're up high. Yeah. Or if there's just a couple of weeks in the year where you don't need it, it's just like we would just throw open the windows and get a breeze. And that yeah. was always totally fine for the few times when it was warm enough. Honestly, a lot of times I'd just wear a jacket. <laughs> yeah. We yeah. have the windows open. No way. I need air circulation at all times. I don't care what the temperature is outside. I cannot have the air inside be still. It makes me, I swear it, it I don't know. It makes everything it smell. You. Yeah. <laughs> it makes me feel heavy and like humid. Open a window, Avery. I don't, but I, I it's way too hard on. to regulate my temperature with outdoor air. I need complete control. I get it. Ceiling fan. Nope. Yeah. That doesn't work either. I need to be able to say 70 degrees. Exactly. Well, you can get one with an old school attic fan and open a window. I don't know if you've ever been in a house that an attic fan's running, but it's just like being outside on top of the mountain breeze kind of thing. It's uh, it's awesome. And then it makes all the all the doors slam. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> when you walk outside and you're always angry because that's the way the door slammed. Yeah, dude. It 
we, when we moved, I was probably six. We moved from Atlanta to Starkville, Mississippi after my dad finished chiropractic school and we were renting a house that had an attic fan and I didn't know what it was. And I just hit the the switch and all the doors in the house started slamming and I thought oh. it was haunted. And I was like, so terrified. <laughs> that's a great story on an attic fan yeah so anyway uh any other amenities fire pits big out there i hate fire pits a lot of people love those just about every 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 unit here that's uh an str has a fire pit so outdoor Um, space and hot tub and flat flat driveway my my requirement was a flat driveway (laughs) that's the best amenity of all (laughs) did you have a view brad this one? No, mine's a mine's a okay. privacy nature. It's on uh, about two acres, so it's it, you know you're oh, you're sitting on the back porch with the hot tub, looking at trees for hundreds okay. of feet. You can't see another cabin, so that's, that's cool. awesome. I like yep. that. That's pretty. Okay, let's talk about what doesn't work. Is there anything you've seen that explicitly does not work in this market? Um, you know, so far, like you know, like things that are way up. The roads that are bad, that those kind of don't work. I don't usually recommend those if if the the driveway is just impossible. Um, but since we have such a mix, like they're it just again location. Um, there's nothing that comes to mind specifically that doesn't work at this point. But uh, you know, I'm still compiling my list daily. So, so a brick rancher would work just you know just as well or almost as well as a cabin or a chalet. Yeah, it depends on how you set it up. So, and, and where it's at location. So mm-hmm. in Murphy, I would say that's not the case. I would say in Murphy, it's definitely cabin slash farmhouse um, remodeled farm. There, there are several yeah. really cool old farmhouses that have been modernized inside, but um, still have the old school look on the outside. Those are super popular. I'm, I'm actually going to put that on my list for next, probably in Murphy, because it, it there's very few of them and they're really cool. But there's several traditional developments that I I would say they probably would not work as well on the Murphy side. I guess that makes sense. Kind of the vibe of whatever community you're closest to. And Murphy is very much like a small town in the mountains. So yeah. I can see that lending itself more than if you're on the outskirts of Asheville. That's right. Something. Yeah. yeah. yeah I'll add something to that though. Modular and mobile. Um, those mm-hmm. typically don't do as well as others as well. And we do have a lot of um, modulars up here because Clayton Holmes has a very big presence up here. Mm-hmm. So you'll see them. I mean, they're nice. They're great. But, you know, the consumer doesn't see it that way. So um, and definitely not trailers. I don't think they do well. Uh, now, on the other hand, I've seen people that have set up RV parks that would just, you know, they have the RV park. RV parks do really well up here. And I've seen one person that just parked a bunch of RVs that don't work and short-term rent them out and they do okay. So yeah. you mean, when <laughs> you say they don't work, you mean like they just won't drive? They, they, they don't run. I mean, everything's functional yeah. inside. That, you know, I would say presumably it, the plumbing still works. Right. No, it, it's just that where it was driven to, that's its final resting place. So RV parks are like gold mines though. I mean, if you can yeah. get one, they're oh, really yeah. hard to get, but they're on my radar. If I ever see one pop up, it's mine. Yep. Well, everybody and their mom's trying to like be the, I'm the RV park uh, influencer. And I'm like, I'm sick of it. I'll wait for everybody to find something else to move on to before I get one. <laughs> yeah. I just like it. Cause like we use them a lot when we're out in the motorhome. 
Uh, I started booking our yearly motorhome trip last night. And uh, I mean, some of them are really nice and like they have playgrounds and all this stuff. And I just Mm -hmm. had no idea until we started doing it that that was such an industry and subculture. Even everybody's got their Instagram, their travel Instagram on the back of their motorhomes and their RVs. And I would never do that. I don't want to be known, but uh, it's still, it's cool. And most people, when you go look at it, cause I always go look at them. I'm like, hmm, where have these people been? It's like they posted twice, two years ago and never posted again. <laughs> yeah. And th- there's a really, really big, uh, big one in Maggie Valley. Um, they actually started building tiny homes in there. Mm-hmm. Um, tiny homes surprisingly do okay up here too. I mean, it's just kind of, you know, the, this place has gone crazy over tiny homes. So I know there's a couple little lots that somebody, you know, people have set up three and, you know, as far as I know, just enemy method in them, they're doing well. So. Yeah. I'm so tired of the tiny home thing. I'm just grumpy today. Just don't listen to me, but um, yeah. I'm like, can we stop with the tiny homes? Can we stop with that? Just stop, just stay in a a house, like a small house. You're not, you're not like, or just get a, just get a motorhome. Just get a, they, I don't know if you guys know this, but Avery, but they invented campers. Like you have independently come to the idea of a camper, but it's much more bulky and difficult to use. Thick built camper. (laughs) No, you're not wrong. I mean, for me, a tiny house, I'm just like, I get, I get like the curb appeal of it and stuff and the, the concept that it's more inexpensive than a house, but there's so many issues relating to like finding a place of land that you can, you know, that you are allowed to, to park it on, you know, what about your water and septic, like, you know, your water and sewer needs to be tied into something because you are presumably not hauling it off to dump tanks all the time. And, um, you know, so your infrastructure still needs to be there, but also you're not getting the tax advantages or, you know, getting the appreciation value that you would with a foundation built home. So that, you know, that, combined with just logistics of like all the particular small things that you have to do to make it like really creative and cool. Seems like a lot of things to break that may not be easy to fix because they're not standard. Yeah. It's just basically a lot of work for something that's completely unusable just for the sake of your own virtue signaling for like, look how small my carbon footprint is basically. Yeah. It's like trying to find a car part for a Ford galaxy. Yeah. Just get a camper. (laughs) They were made to be hauled around. There are specific RV parks exactly for that. And it's easy. They were made to be put there. You're not. So anyway, that's fine. I'm I'm tired of tiny homes. There's a couple of, and there's also a couple of RV parks up here that you just, you buy the lot and you just pull your RV up and it's got its own cabana and like sink and everything like that. And you just like shut it up when you leave. And, you know, it's kind of like the extension of your RV vacationing. So, yeah, we stayed in one last year that had a fenced in yard for the dogs. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it was cool. Pretty cool. That was in Wyoming, but yeah, it was, it was awesome. Anyway, off topic again, uh, really with just the list of things that annoy me. Tiny um, homes, got it. <laughs> tiny homes are annoying. And uh, I'm going to start sending you listings for tiny homes here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So really nothing that does not work. Most things can be workable if you do them right. Of course, you can't just buy something and and half-ass it and slap it up on Airbnb 
and make money. You do have to pay attention, make sure that your decor is what it needs to be, make sure your furnishing is what it needs to be and properly manage it. And then you're probably going to be in good shape, right guys? That's right. And I think we'll we'll kind of go over that more in the uh, the team episode and listening to your agent and stuff and how to, you know, what the best device for that is. And we'll guide you. Yeah, absolutely. Was there anything else that we didn't go over that you guys are like, oh man, we need to make sure everybody hears this before they run off and invest in this market? No, Western North Carolina is awesome. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) One thing I think that's important to note about Murphy, this is just specific to Murphy, but um, the geographic location of that, I think a lot of times is confusing that it's so close to Blue Ridge and the whitewater rafting and the things where Tennessee, Georgia, and Alabama all come together. I'm sorry, North Carolina all come together. Um, just because it says North Carolina, it feels like it's further away from those things when it's really not. And I, I truly believe that some of the new development in Murphy is a result of the um, overcrowding of Blue Ridge or the popularity of Blue Ridge. It has um, spilled over into Murphy. That's the next most logical location for it to go to. Um, further up into the mountains, it's the next small town. So um, a lot of people just don't realize that. So I think there's a tremendous upside potential in Murphy, which is why I'm there. Um, But you can still purchase what you used to be able to purchase in Blue Ridge eight or 10 years ago. You can now do that in Murphy today. And hopefully the thought obviously is that eight or 10 years from now, we're saying the same thing about Murphy, that it is now what Blue Ridge is today. That's my hope or my plan. Brad, you're just going to have me going over to Murphy now, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you know, it's awesome too, from this side to get the Murphy, I think the only way to get there is through the Nantahala Gorge. And it's absolutely a beautiful drive. Like it's stunning to go through there because you follow the river the whole way pretty much. My cabin is just as close in Murphy. It's just as close to go to the Ocoee Whitewater Rafting Center as it is mm-hmm. from Blue Ridge. It's 25 minutes. It's the same thing as Blue Ridge. So um, just everybody needs to know that, that it, geographically, it's a great location. Well, and I yeah. learned something new in our conversation before we started recording, which is that there's a casino in Murphy as well. I thought the only yeah, one out there was I did in not Cherokee. know about that. Yeah, it's actually a Harris. We we actually call it Harris Cherokee Casino. We say so when you said Cherokee Casino, that made me think that we were talking about the same one. I didn't realize there was one on further yeah. up. So. It's also oh, yeah. called Harris, so that's yeah. what got me too. I I didn't realize no. we had and, one over in Murphy. Yeah, well, and they're perfect. both Cherokee Nation. So mm-hmm. uh, so yeah. yeah, I understand where the confusion came from. But yeah, you're you're pointing out some really cool things about the location of Murphy. You've got access to a wide variety of of key attractions in Western North Carolina. It feels overlooked just because of Blue Ridge, you know, Blue Ridge kind of dwarfs that whole area, but um, it's almost like a suburb of Blue Ridge. You know, you can get to downtown Blue Ridge in 21 or 22 minutes from my cabin. So um, it's, it's definitely a great location. Yeah. Well, now it's, it's great information too, because up until this point, I don't know much about the Georgia side and the market over there, but uh, you know, as you know, just my experience is going out to Murphy doing mortgage signings. I, I was like, this is out in the middle of nowhere. So I, you know, I just kind of assumed that <laughs> I didn't, you know, I haven't, since it's two hours away, I don't pay like super big attention, but now it's on my yeah. radar. So we're yeah, going to sure. try it's to a, get some stuff going out there. It's a great location. Brad, do you uh-huh. want to be a Murphy agent? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> I'm good. My my hands are full. <laughs> I just got to figure out you. where Avery's going next. I got to follow Avery. So wherever Avery's going next, I got that's my strategy. If Avery opens an office, I'm buying a oh. some kind of real estate there. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. <laughs> yeah, we got some, 
That's it's going to get coming. the Holy Trinity in every market. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys so much for your time and for coming on today. Guys, if you want to buy a cabin in Murphy, Brad is not our agent. Um, if you want to buy a cabin <laughs> in anywhere in this market with Jay, email us at agents at the shop.com. Or if you just have more general questions that you want answered, you can join us every Thursday for a live Q&A. You can register for that at strquestions.com. Thanks, guys. Take care.